Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. It's going to come to you, are joined in a way through lockdown by Paul Brown. Hello again. And we're just... I'm sitting here on my couch in my dressing room with a flask of bourbon. I mean, I'm, I was thinking maybe for our listeners and for us in this hard time, a bit, a bit of sherry might be appropriate to get us through this lockdown because we are here to help ease lock, the lockdown by bringing you our usual Fraser reviews. A bit of sherry would be nice, but I'm not particularly a fan of sherry myself. Are you not? It's a little sweet for me. I'll be honest with you, I don't believe I've ever actually had sherry. Well, Scott, you, my good man, are a cider drinker. Mm-hmm. Do you think I would like... But you are, but you will be. Do you think I would like sherry if you said it's a bit sweeter? I don't think so. I mean, you, you're not really a spirit man, are you? Not particularly, no. I, I have offered you spirits in the past, and mm. you have lately turned me down. No, yes, I have. And then I have offered them again in the same sentence, and you've unpolitely turned me down. Well, because I've already said you no, know, so... Yeah, yeah, my mind's not going to change me. You, you, said, you already asked me, so my mind's not going to change within a couple of seconds. I'm not that kind of person. But how am I supposed to know that? Well, you should know that. If you're, if you're a true friend, you would know that. <laughs> I am a true friend. I just like to wind you up. I know you do. And our listeners know that as well. My way. Now, much like the uh, previous episode that happened uh, earlier in the week, this will be a, a shorter episode, but you know, it's a little bit of content to help hopefully make things a bit easier, you know, and hope so we can get our usual brand of silliness out there and gives us something to do so we don't go stir crazy. We review Fraser to ease the pain. <laughs> so we'll open up the first episode of two that we're going to talk about, and these are two very very memorable and very quotable episodes, especially the second one, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, first one we're going to talk about is episode 17 of season 4, called Roz's Turn. Which, Roz's Turn. Which opens in Fraser's apartment. Niles stops by and is talking to Fraser about a problem he said. He says, uh, as you know, I've been angling to meet the... Since I've moved into the Montana, I've been looking to meet their most famous tent, Esmeralda Bing, the Walnut Queen. I found a cornered her in the ornamental garden by the wishing well. I felt pleased myself until I found the walnut queen invited me to a ball. Now I have a problem. And Fraser goes, yes, your life has become an operetta. <laughs> and he says he's never been basically talked into buying a, a table at some charity dinner worth $5,000. So he has, to oh, sell, yeah, yeah. he has to sell a bunch of tickets for the, the table, all worth $500 and Fraser is very understanding. He's very charitable, and he has. Well, Fraser, you know I like to support the arts. <laughs> Who do I check out to? Uh, the Esmeralda Bing. Esmeralda Esmeralda Bing International Doll Museum. Well, you do have a problem, and he immediately puts the checkbook away. <laughs> he said, "I thought you were. I thought you supported the arts. The arts, Niles, not the crafts." <laughs> I do love like that he was originally so willing to give his money because he also can afford it and he's wanting to help Niles yeah. out and then suddenly realises yeah it's the doll museum like nope it's the way Niles says it though it's like the Esmeralda Bing International Doll Museum <laughs> and then we have Martin and Daphne coming in Martin's when he go and meet Sherry but 
Daphne's encouraging him that he shouldn't be skipping out on his exercises and he keeps saying, oh, I'll do it later. And he's saying, like, Ian and Sherry have got their three month anniversary going on and he's going to buy a new sports jacket, I think it is. And he goes, Yeah, there's nobody alive with Sherry's fashion since Nigel's not skipping a beat going, Carmen Miranda having passed on. Passed on. <laughs> Although he does it so subtly, he just turns to Frasier. Mm. And, uh,. <laughs> Well, Daphne's basically trying to get Martin and he like saying like at his age he should not be uh, skipping his exercise if he wants to enjoy uh, certain indoor sports if you get my meaning so yeah. yes, we don't want Mr Hip getting cranky and uh, letting down the team if you get my meaning <laughs> trying to be so subtle as, as Daphne yeah like very very subtle as Daphne always is and uh, Martin goes don't worry about me I may not be rookie of the year but I can still run the bases and uh, as he goes to open the door, Roz is there. She's about to knock on the door and goes, oh, hey. And then Nails again, do within a couple of minutes, doesn't skip a beat, goes, oh, look, a scout from the Majors. <laughs> <laughs> These are uh, two... <laughs> you, you know, Nails has got so many classic lines that I forgot about these two, so these ones really crack me up when I watch them uh, back. Well, it's a definitely good episode for Nails' clips. I know, although he's got one in the bag, he usually has an insult prepared for Roz, but... Of how quickly, like as soon as he sees through the door, he's got one in the barrel. Like, oh look, the hose here. So uh, he comes in and basically says that uh, a woman from the station, Kerry Olsen, is leaving. And Evan Watson gets got a bag. I love that show. Which <laughs> <laughs> like, oh come on, it's the most embarrassing thing on the air. So they finally canned her, did she? Now she got a million dollar TV deal. <laughs> oh, good for Gertie. And good for all the atheists who finally got this new evidence to support their theory. <laughs> and uh, Roz is like saying she's they're auditioning people to take over times along. She's thinking of going for her own show. Uh, she said she always wanted to. She hosted her own in college, but so when she arrived at KCL, she got kind of stuck in producing. And she kind of sees this as her shot to get you know, maybe do her own show. You can see. Yeah, she's like, well, I mean, that's radio, like, the reason she got into radio in the first place. Yeah, and you can instantly see Frasier, you know, he wants to be a supporter, but, you know, there's a bit of worry on his face because he's thinking that this means that Roz would kind of believe in his show and he doesn't know what he's going to do without her. Yeah, I do, I, I must, I'm sorry to cut into the review, I must apologise if you hear the dings on my phone over that. Yeah, I don't believe I heard anything, uh, but... Oh, I, well, I do apologise. Brian was trying to message me during the show. I did I did tell him we were doing the show, though, so he's apologised and will message me after. No problem. So, and while Rose is asking for help with our audition tape, Niles keeps trying to pawn off these uh, these charity tickets that he's got. Like, yeah, these charity tickets. Well, what a way to celebrate a potential new career by a swanky society ball. Wow, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> He does it. He comes back. Like, like I don't want them. No one else is going to bloody want them. And she says she's going to do a show like basically a lifestyle show, show, like giving advice about relationships and like where you meet guys. Like, well, if you're looking for a place with swanky <laughs> single men, yeah. And I like I like that that from Niles. But yeah, we never hear about these tickets again for the rest of the episode. I would have thought there would have been some call back to. It's like Frazier has sort of browbeated him and he's like, fine, I won't, I won't offer them to anyone then. You would have think you would have like had some comment like where he talks about how like how much bad luck he had kinda of getting them off, but yeah. like 
I think yeah, I think the point is it's not really a, a Niles episode, it's more of a Fraser Raw's episode. You do notice that a lot of times in Fraser episodes though, like little plot lines that you think could have been expanded on. Mm-hmm, like we talked about and you it. Think, well, then you think, well, it's not overly important to the plot of the episode, so yeah, but then you wonder, like, why bring up in the first place? Because we talked about it a few episodes ago, the uh, bit where, Ro- where Daphne was angling for vacation time, which could have you yeah, know, yeah. gone somewhere, but it really didn't. Yeah. So, Rose comes back later on that night and has them kind of helping her with their, like, audition tape and her show that she's calling <laughs> Love Matters. Sorry, I, just, I love this whole bit. <laughs> and she has it. She goes online with Steve, who's a merchant seaman. So, Steve, we look for an ideal date. And Peter, as usual, always goes, Well, with my teammates and I. You don't really sound like a merchant seaman. Oh, I'll try again. Bye, you should make tonight. Make When we pull into port. First thing we do is. First thing we do, head to the antique sales. <laughs> Alright, then, Smarty Pants, you play Steve. <laughs> and then. Oh, because earlier on, uh, Rose asked Daphne for help and goes, we need one really hard You play a woman who's desperately in, in, desperately in need of a relationship, but... Uh, Hold on, I've got, I've got it here. Um, but we need one spicy caller, so Daphne, you play a woman who doesn't believe in sex without love, but sometimes so and you just wants to jump on anything with pants. I'll try. Then Daphne's like, oh, I'll try. <laughs> he goes, and while I'm at it, I'll see if I can fake a British accent. <laughs> And, <laughs> and, it's, uh, and it's in that scene, her rea- Niles' reaction to that, and then again, Niles' reactions in this scene as well. Just uh, shows how, again, how weird he can be around Daphne. How creepy he can be at times. Yeah. We're basically, you're playing Fred and Patty, and like you said, like, need a couple, like, you say your sex life's struggling now. Niles, will you play Daphne's boyfriend? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We should barely get some body sentence. But... I know. And uh, do you want to describe what happens next, or? I I will let you start, and I will jump in as right. I do. And <laughs> goes so. Roy is that somewhere here with Fred and Pay. So tell me, you two, what made you think your sex life needed a little jump start? And then Daphne's treating there goes. It's a, It's all his fault. He seems to have lost all interest in me. <laughs> I've tried everything, and then starts listing all these like, things that she's done, and then just nails he's like is off. Wearing wearing sexy lingerie, and <laughs> you know, yeah, I was lying. Oh, going to bed wearing a whipped cream teddy. <laughs> but did he care? No. None of this no. turned you on, Fred. And then nails is just off in a dream, like just imagine, like Fred. That's nothing. You should hear what, <laughs> what also didn't turn around. Tell him more. You should have heard the other things she did. Tell him more, Patty. Patty, Patty, like you can't even remember her actual name because he's just. And... <laughs> Tell him more, Daphne, Patty, Patty. <laughs> and uh, Rose basically just gives her Patty the advice, basically just to dump him, which then, when which Nails points out, is terrible advice, which is kind of true in a way, but. Yeah. And then Rose kind of. Feels so down, like, oh, yeah, that was terrible. It wasn't funny, it wasn't smart, it wasn't like, even sassy. I wasn't sassy. funny, I wasn't flirty, I was, I was crap. It's like, I wasn't even sassy. Well, you were salty, that's close to sassy. <laughs> and then Martin comes in and goes, hey, how was your date with Sherry? 
Oh, it's fine. Uh, he's all awkwardly. Uh, fine, Daphne. fine. Uh, Daphne, uh, can we maybe do all those exercises? I'm helping Roz with a tape. Well, how long are you going to be? What's all, what are you so impatient for? And then suddenly she has that more like, oh, I get he's the like, picture. No, no reason. I get the picture. No hips and two hips, but no hooray this evening with it. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two hips and no hooray. And uh, well, of yours, uh, Martin's like, well, you haven't been technically burning up in the romance department either. How would you know about my love life? And then Nails plays back a bit of the tape that I just recorded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser kind of quietly chides him for it. And then Fraser trying to give her encouragement, thought about how bad his audition tape was. And was sort of, oh yeah, I remember that. And he starts laughing yeah. like, there was a bootleg copy going around the station for years. We still play it at parties. parties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll get, but you got the picture, Ross. And then Ross comes in back in and sees Martin. Martin's been obviously filled in on everything that's going on. So Roy yeah. asked Martin, like, come on, I need one decent call. Can you help, help me? I went, all right. And then I can get why Nails is in this because Martin doesn't always show affection. But like, he was like, do you think Dad's the right person for this? Hmm, let's see. Yeah, show, right. show of hands. Let's see. Show of hands. How many people have got a girlfriend right now? No, no, keep them up. I want to see. <laughs> it's just him. What do you need, then? <laughs> and to his credit. That's, that's one of my favorite Martin bits. <laughs> Like, show of hands, how many people have got a girlfriend right now? No, no, keep them up, I want to see. And to his credit, he gives this really heartfelt, like, response to uh, Mark T. Rose when she asked him at first date, so it kind of tricks you. He goes, well, sorry to sponge you, but I don't really know any tricks. You know, I just want to get to know yeah. a woman. And then he goes, you know, I may be old-fashioned, but I think you should treat a woman like a queen. And Rose and Daphne look all like, oh, and then he looks over at his son and goes, bow to the master, boys. <laughs> Bow to the master. <laughs> I mean, if Martin had a microphone, he would drop it at that point. Yeah, I'd be like, fucking, there you go, bitches. <laughs> and then we're at, see, the uh, the station manager's office. Now, this is something that's a weird point of contention for me. Is that we're, we get references to a new station manager. He's all about a he, I believe Doug may have been a name thrown around at one scene. I never see the yeah. station manager like, it, once Kate leaves, I don't think we see any of the station managers until we see we meet Kenny in like season six or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of well, weird. When when was uh, when was Big Willie? Well, he was technically the owner. He wasn't really the manager. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a kind of because I think also the station manager would work under the owner of the station. Yeah. So. So we had Kate, and then we had Invisible stage managers until Kenny like you say yeah so like we had this weird routine I guess again it's one of the things that always bugs me like why uh, Tom Durant can stay stick around if... yeah and I don't I don't mean to correct you but uh, season 5 ah was when you saw Kenny because remember he came in and then uh, it was nice to Fraser, and mm. then he lost his job and then you know that led to the whole station getting set yeah oh yeah I mean uh because, like, I like Kenny, but I think he was around a bit too long. Like, I know, he, and he never usually like affected the plot too heavily. And if Aww. like if the station manager isn't going to affect things that much, again, I will love Tom to stick around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Although I did, I, I disagree. I did have a, a bit of affection for Kenny. I liked him. You know? No, I do like him. I think he was, he was around in his role, not really adding that much for a very long time. The only, the only Kenny episode I never really enjoyed was the one with Ross's cousin. Yeah. Never much enjoyed that, but I never liked fucking Ross's cousin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the bit one of the best Kenny episodes is probably the one where he thinks his wife's cheating on him and his wife seeing Fraser and there's all miscommunication there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves back to the actual... So we're outside the station yeah, manager's office. Yeah, back to where we were. And uh, probably your favourite guest character, BB, shows up, Bull. Yep. And she sees Bull like, Bulldog Briscoe, my absolute favourite client. Hello, BB. Fraser Crane, alert the judges we have a tie. <laughs> and she's got this group ah. of people behind her, our new discoveries that are here to, uh, get to audition for this new team. So, like, I hurled all my last yeah. discoveries into the van. You brought them in a van? Got my BB Stars of Tomorrow tour. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,. She hates them all. And she brings him a uh, Professor Pete, the human encyclopedia. Ask him anything, he can't be stumped. Can't be blunt. All right. Okay. Uh, Explain Freud's theory. Sigmund, Sigmund Freud, noted psychiatrist, was born in Vienna. He thought dreams had secret meanings. That's not really what oh, I asked. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, maybe he can take his fridge over one side. My God, they're all freaks, aren't they? That's pathetic. <laughs> And then Rose comes out, she's jumping up and she's like, to like, currently she's the candidate to beat, apparently. Yeah. And then she says she goes to go set up for the show. And uh, Fraser makes a, a big mistake. Yeah, and sort of offhanded, like a, sort of an offhanded comment, like, oh, I'd be so sad to lose her. Mm-hmm. And the way he looks at Baby when he says it, I think, and weird, Phoebe's weird twisted mind, you can see where she kind of picks up the miscue and thinks that Fraser's basically trying to tell her something when yeah. he isn't. Yes. I, I but feel... then again, you, you're you're unsure as to whether Fraser either consciously or subconsciously, mm-hmm. like but... he knows what BB will, he knows BB. She's his agent. She knows what she'll he'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's seen sure. kind of things she'll stick to before. Yeah. Like we like we mentioned, Big Willie. She tried to drag Big Willie down the aisle, even though he was already dead. <laughs> But, a Rolex watch? Where did you get it? Just don't wear it to a funeral. <laughs> and he's like, oh, there's a small part of me that would hate to lose her. I feel guilty just saying that. Oh, you're so good. Everything oh, makes you feel guilty. You're so good. Everything makes you feel guilty. <laughs> you're like a modern day, uh, what's his name? Pete. Pete. Famous German doctor. Villa Hospital in Africa, Wait. Albert something. Uh, hang on. Schweizer. Schweizer. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Fraser's on like fucking human encyclopedia of my ass. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Fraser's wrapping up his show. Uh, we have to assume this is probably me the next day or something like that. Where uh, yeah. he's like, uh, also, before we wrap up, I must say to Carla, who called us from the planet Fripton, the technical term for your condition is schizophreniform disorder. I, I butchered that at delivery, but. And then yeah. he. he, he uh, it's because it's on a frame disorder. But the important bit is when he cut and he presses the off air button, or in Lem's terms, <laughs> 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 
And then uh, you see in the big window in the back of the, uh, the studio, like or the recording before, you can see the hallway. You can see everybody yeah. come in. It looks like they're celebrating and congratulating somebody. Like, what's going well, on? We'll we, we, we quickly find out that it's not Roz. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, guys, it's someone's birthday. And Bill Love, what he's saying was, he says, hey, Roz, see, to be the one to break you, but uh, Brenda from the newsroom got the job. And uh, they're all, they both feel sad, really. Hey, Roz, told me, yeah, so, like, if you need someone to come for you, oh, hey, Brenda, all right. I'm totally here right. for you. Just pokes his feet back, sees Brenda walking by, sees Tina. If you need anybody, hey, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rose decides to be the bigger person, go and congratulate Brenda. And as he yeah. does, BB walks by the booth. And uh, she goes, Did you hear what happened to Rose? Yes, I need to thank my darling. Like, what? Well, I, I told the station how you felt that you couldn't get, uh, he convinced her not to give Rose the job. Like, yes, I said, if it gave Roz a job, you'd walk. A bluff, of course, but he crumbled like a matzo. <laughs> How could you? I didn't want to lose that Roz. I didn't mean for you to sabotage her. You didn't. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Wink. What, what are you winking I'm serious. Oh, so you're saying I, I horribly misconstrued the situation. Wink. Wink. <laughs> Will you stop winking? Wink. I, feel like, I feel like I'm getting mixed signals here. <laughs> and then Rose goes back in oh that was fun I got to watch Brenda sign her new contract and then BB being totally too faced like Roz I think what they did to you was monstrous there you go oh, my, my people are waiting for me in the van I hope someone cracked the window so. <laughs> and again sorry if I'm taking over the uh, the review of this no no I think I think it's good no. but it's just I think this is the first review in a while where we basically chuckled all through it. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think the next episode we, we talk about it will just be if we can quote in the whole thing. But... think so. I think so. But, uh, <laughs> Fraser tries to... Uh, Fraser <laughs> tries to... Like, to like, I know what you're going to say. Like, I did my best. You know, you know it's okay. You know, it's not like my life is over. <laughs> and she starts crying. <laughs> We just kind of consoling her, like, you know, I, f- I feel so terrible. It's not your fault. I mean, I mean, you're the one to help me get this far. I mean, it's because of you I was second choice. Well, you can see. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt. And, uh, like, he told her, like, Harry, uh, he said that there was more part that wish she wouldn't get the job. I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of sweet. So I, I mentioned, I mentioned that to BB. Oh, my God. She told, she torpedoed me, didn't she? Yes. I mean, I'm glad to see you're as mad as her as I am. I'm mad at you. Me? Why? How was I supposed to know she would do something? Jeez, baby! <laughs> if you said my eyes, she would have brown to you in a silver platter. <laughs> I'm sorry, what can I do? I want you to fire BB. Well, well, like, <laughs> you can see the hesitation <laughs> in Fraser. I just lo- I loved Roz in that scene. He's like, how could you blame? How could you think this is my fault? Cheese, baby! <laughs> if you said you like my eyes, to be waiting for you in a silver box. <laughs> and she's like, like, she's your representative. When she goes out there lying and manipulating, twisting your words, it reflects badly on you. You're right. 
how can I consider myself an ethical person when I've got the Princess of Darkness out there conducting my business? Well, no more. Uh, Great parking spot. Great contract. Extra money. Razor! Well, not anymore. Uh, I like the exact quote is, uh, I'm quoting directly here, it says, uh, I'm ashamed to think how long I've turned a blind eye to her unscrupulous behaviour. And for what? 5% pay increase? 6 week paid vacation? Expense account? Driver allowance? Fraser? Well, not anymore. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> and uh, they arrive at BB's office and they're uh, like, we have to talk I about your actions this morning. And all of the BB's prepared basically for what they're going to do because she turns to your assistant like, we're losing one. Yeah. <laughs> we're losing one. Code red. That's this little old, old, old woman that's sitting at the reception. Yeah. <laughs> oh, seems a fucking scream. Why don't you, like, why don't you take over? Why don't you see what happens? You. Know? Well, come in. You know, mm-hmm. like, you mean? Turn a blind eye to your tickets for too long. And she's like, oh, it hurts me so much. All I want to do is make you happy. <laughs> and uh, she's, while she's sitting at the, the table, or is not bringing in basically this tray of pills for it to take. And Fuji is basically not breaking straight, and then he just goes, Are you okay? Oh, it's just this minor cardiac thing. Oh, really? So he goes, uh, Probably just a tray of sugar pills for taking Digitalis. My God, you really are sick. Well, of course I am. <laughs> but you know, my clients come first. Like, like, it was like, well, Bila is at me, we're still very annoyed at it, like what she did, and then the phone goes like, how, to, how dare you interrupt me in a meeting? What, happened, what about my sister? An accident. Accident, you say? Okay. Oh, no. And, uh, Larry, I, Larry, I'm in a meeting, my clients come for. And, uh, since the moment we met, you've shown yourself to be worthless, untrustworthy, then the call phone goes again. And I get, I'm in the middle of a meeting. And it's meant to be her niece, and in very cool. Oh, is. TBB? Don't I have it? Of course, mother. I'm with a client, and you know what you say? My client. And then as she's talking, the door opens, and it's the old woman on the phone. Like, well, is there no. Old, is there nothing you won't stoop to? <laughs> I had no. I, I can't believe you were. I can't believe she was in person, my niece. You're fired, mother. <laughs> and then he was basically, we just stopped, skips around and just like, listen, you're done, like, I can't put up with the same. We're like, oh, I'm sorry, am I not virtuous enough for you? Well, next time you need a contract negotiation, call the Dalai Lama. Yeah. Like, I decided long ago you have to be choose between a good, being a good agent and a good person, and you, you can't be both. And, and you know what? And said she's right. Kinda, yeah. And she's like, but then the best one of this whole monologue, like, I am out there scheming, doing anything I can to make my client's dreams come true, because I am a star maker. <laughs> and that's right up there with the, the bit in the uh, the spoken episode where she goes, Do you anything you want? I make you a star. <laughs> I love the smoking episode. Yeah. Is it? Always makes me smoke. I know you've mentioned. 
It's like, listen, listen, you won't put up with it, then there's plenty of people out there who will censor us. What about you? You want an agent? What, seriously? Ross. What? I've never had an agent. That's what but, she did to you. Yeah. Oh, she's like, but she, she is the, she is evil. It's not like she, she is scrupulous. Has no reflection. Like, well, now she worships the devil. He doesn't have to. He worships her. And then they both, like, he convinces her, they both leave, and then he goes, Hold on, I forgot my purse. Lunch tomorrow, 12.30. Bernardi's. <laughs> <laughs> and then... At the end of that episode, I'm just like, Raj, you bitch. I know, she was the one who wanted Fraser a fire BB in the first place. And then she basically, she basically makes him fire his agent like a stealer. Uh, and then, like, there's a moment she's, like, not considering, like, that, vo- that voice. I could trouble your salary. Voice of was commercials. Ross, don't look at her. Like his head and she's a bit there. She has no scruples. She has no reflection. <laughs> and then we have the uh, the credit scene where, basically, another one of our clients is coming in to complain about everybody. She's building the same like scam with the pills, which although the same it convinces our client to go away. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul, also you're a big. Yeah, it's a, I give a definite thumbs up. It's a fucking fantastic episode. Yeah, I mean you're obviously. I think most of Evie's episodes are really solid ones, and I think this is like it falls into that category. This one, another solid bound from BB. You know me, I'm I'm always definitely firmly in the BB camp, you know what I mean? Mm. There's only, I think there's only a couple episodes in the late seasons that fall that have BB in I know there's one particularly good one that I like, the, uh, it's the one where Fraser tries to get a good agent and then BB's trying to tempt him back. That's another great episode, although oh. there's one or two more episodes that BB's in that aren't as strong as like the one this one or the one we've talked about before. I think all the BB episodes are generally strong. Like, I love one like you mentioned with the with Fraser having the good agent who's the fucking Boy Scout. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know, it's just that you know we've had this episode with the uh, agents in America one, which he goes out in the ledge and the smoking episode and things like that. But then we've got the one like in a few seasons time where we also features Doctor Phil, which isn't just not one of my favourites. So it's not BB strongest out, and I don't think. One, that one where she's on the ledge, well, I do love the last little bit she puts in that when she's like, aren't you happy I'm on your side? Yeah, and I think that's why, up until this point before yeah. Roz encourages him, that's why he has kept her his agent, because he's like, well, better having her working for me than against me. Mm. But believe, you know how um, Roz talks about BB having no scruples? Mm-hmm. If she's talking about someone having no scruples, convincing your fucking friend drop his agent only to steal her. Mm-hmm. That is someone with no scruples. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's partly a BB off- offering to be your agent, though. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah. I just think it's a little fair. I know, but I would agree with you, it's a different thumbs up episode. But, Paul, yeah. as good as this episode is, I found myself kind of waiting just to get on to this next episode that we're going to talk about, which is episode 18, uh, Ham Radio. Probably, in my opinion, I, I don't know if I'm in a strong camp here, but I believe probably one of, probably the best episode of the season. Of 
these both these episodes are probably season four's two, two season four strongest episodes. Ham yeah, Radio yeah. in general could be up there with one of the best seasons of the entire show itself. Like yeah. with the likes of episodes like My Coffee with Nails and things like that, it's up there and that kind of, like nine point five this is episode is rated on IMDB. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the point five is, but like it's still when I look when I looked up one of the highest rated episodes of Frasier that on that site, so it says something about yeah. it. But most of the future episodes are in like high in eights or nines, so yeah. But we'll get straight into it. We open in Cafe Nervosa, where Frasier's okay. sitting down with with Niles and Martin, and he says. I'm just taking a side, side new project. And he says for the 50th anniversary of uh, KCL, he talked about he realised these two these live radio dramas. Dad, truly you remember these. Sure. People of Dad's generation used to sit around the radio and be mesmerised. We were simple people. <laughs> Sorry if I cut in there. <laughs> uh, I was like, we were simpler people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, I've decided to. I've met convinced the station manager to give me three minutes to reenact the first mystery case I'll ever heard, Nightmare Inn. And I'll be doing. Like so, like that one. Mom goes. Oh, don't tell me. Bunch of people get caught in a storm. Everyone's wondering who's going to be the first to get murdered. And pretty, yes, I'll be directing. Ah, so who's going to be the first to get murdered? Then Niall says. <laughs> Why you think your brother can't direct? No, it's just he has no one to stop directing. Stop directing. Yeah. The third, we were doing Richard the Third. Uh, I believe someone chased him around with stage with this. No, Richard the Third chased him around with his hump. Yes, but there was King. It was just a little backstage horseplay to relieve tension. <laughs> yes, you'll have an Orson Welles complex, but then this you'll have rewritten the script and cast yourself as a lead. I have no intention of performing myself. I just. Then, and Martin picks up the script of Frasier Crane's Nightmare in just a working title. <laughs> yeah, the thing about the, the, the Richard III is like, yes, uh, our previous production was halted while Richard III chased you with his hump. <laughs> and uh, Frasier is then wrapping up his show again and he says he's like plugging like the premiere of Nightmare in and he goes, Nightmare in Set your dials for goosebumps. Till then, you never know who's lurking in the shadows. And does this. <laughs> and then Ross comes in. Well, I'll certainly be comforting to the woman who called in about her paranoia. <laughs> Gee, uh, they're talking about parts for this thing. And then uh, Gil pops in. Frasier, I've had a quick peek at your script. I think it'd be perfect for Bull Graham, the British gamekeeper. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's a three deal. Uh, he says, I think that role may be a little on the nose. <laughs> He's like, but I do have a role for you. Nigel Fair, drummed out of the British Adam Army. Strange circumstances. With him, I don't think it'll be strange. I'll take it. After all, Nigel had that divine speech in the second act about his boyhood in Surrey. Rumping. Rumping. and <laughs> Actually, I had a yeah, long like... peek at the script. <laughs> 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 right, and uh, you know, a bit over parts. 
and uh, Bill Dog comes in and uh, he's at no but hey Doc you cast all the parts in your play and he goes and uh, he thinks Bill Dog's asking for himself goes I know my girlfriend Maxine I mean, she had a dollar for every minute she spent on stage which she technically does oh, uh, well she, well, she can play the maid she's only got one line look out he's got a gun you, you think she'd be like, oh, French, you would knock that out of the park. And he goes, uh, but uh, he convinces, why don't you take the role of the Sinister Silk Merchant? Yeah, sure, why not? I oh, know he doesn't tell him the oh, name he's... of the character yet. We get that in the next scene. Yeah, but he's like, he's like, all right, it's a deal. <laughs> and he goes, uh, talking about somebody in the has got like a husband who's like a professional actor who specialises in dialects. He's gonna take some of the smaller parts, and he goes there. Uh, like, woman in the cabin was like Mel White. He's a master of dialect. And uh, he thought we leave the studio. And he's like, well, we're getting there, but we haven't found someone qualified to play the the lead. Uh, I guess I'll have to bite the bullet and play the part myself. A very competent-looking older gentleman comes up, like Doctor Crane. Have you, have you picked a part for the lead yet? And he's like, I'm sorry, that part has already been filmed. <laughs> yeah, although the guy comes in, he's even smoking a pipe. He looks like an old Scotland jar inspector. And it's not only looking at his face, it's looking at his face like, like, that guy was perfect, but he's already made up his mind like, no, I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be the lead. Such as Niall said, it was at the outset. Yeah, and... As Neil said, he is starting to already rewrite the uh, the script, obviously, because he has to get it down to 30 minutes. Just quickly jump in in regards to the episode. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite un- unspoken roles in this particular episode, mm-hmm. Noel. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he does speak, you better get what you mean. That was all I had on that. I just think Noel's great in this episode. Fair enough. So... We have them all in the apartment and I think this is probably one of the best uses of Daphne they've ever done because Daphne has also been roped into this by Fraser and she has no time for his shite. Try and get the time right on the thing so we can get it down to, what is it, 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, she's also got to do Maxine's part because as uh, <laughs> Fraser says that, or Bulldog says, you know, she's got food poisoning, I think she wrestled in some bad jello. Well, she's only well. Definitely can read her line. It's just look out. He's got a gun. I think he can handle it, Daphne. Oh, I'll try. And uh, he's like also got to. She's also going to be reading the stage directions, and she's going to be making the timing now. It's a lot of responsibility, Daphne. Are you sure you're up for it? And she just gets on this look as to say, like, of course I can fucking handle it. Like, she's, she's staring daggers at him. Uh, See, and Fraser's talking, introduces them in Mel, and he's going to be talking about how he's playing all the characters like Hansley, Jeremy Butler, the gatekeeper, the both McAllister sisters, and Pippo the dwarf. And they're playing O'Toole the handyman. Are you sure you can handle it? As long as they don't all speak at once. <laughs> and uh, Gil moans at Fraser, like, my, my, like, no, just line seems to be missing. It so neatly defines his character. What's saying goes on tight after the. It shows he cares. <laughs> the, bar is, the bar is gone sorry the line's cut fine as long as I still get to do my speech about my boyhood and sorry <laughs> yeah still in Gil rumping with my school <laughs> yes Gil 
Well, other than this is the uh, the boyhood and study, the thing about the thing having to be thermits, and also the the one line that look out he's got a gun. Like it seems weird that they're constantly repeating these bits, but we see later on that everything that's brought up, every little detail plays up, like pays off in the closing bit where they're actually performing this drama. Yeah. So we start like reading "Sound of Door," oh, and uh, Ross starts, "Inspector, thank God you've come." Hold on, Ross, is this you? Can I? Sorry to cut you off, Scott. May I? Oh, here you go. Uh, I'm I'm going to do effects as well, so I apologise for our listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes, Inspector, I can't come. It's like, stop, Raz, you read the script. It says, when she speaks, I caught a hint of an exotic accent. doesn't say, when she opens her lips, cheese fell out. <laughs> and then they, they restart, like, they start getting, like, sound of door closed at night. I can't believe one of my guests could be a multiple murderer. It's easy for you to say, but I need to respect everyone. And then they introduce the lost character. This is the silk merchant, Mr. Wang. I can't crack up every time I hear that, Mr. Wang. Alright, let's change it to wing. Everybody change the wing. And then Daphne, sound of people changing wings to wings. I mean, they had to, Future had to know when someone as immature as Bill Dog could not have been given a part with someone named Wang. I believe I would have sniggered at that part. I know, I think most people probably would. So, they go again. <laughs> and then Bulldog makes it even worse by, when he gives his line, he delivers it in the most potentially racist way possible. Hey, did you see anything, Wang? Oh, no, me, better buy, chop, chop. Oh, duh. Chinese embassy on line one. What? Can't say that. <laughs> and uh, Gil pops in goes, I'm Nigel First Service, and they are just some of the characters that Mel's playing. Hans, the German butler. Yeah, I saw the gentleman. Stop. I think your accent sounds more Austrian than German. I've done that accent on the London stage. Uh, no, maybe they have stances where I do. And that is when we talk about Frieger's ego a lot on this show. That is just when the this Orson Welles uh, complex that Nigel talked about. Uh, sorry, Niles talked about earlier on. I've done that accent on the London stage. Yeah, clear different standards than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then we fast forward to later on in the evening where Frieger's delivering like the closing line of the of the scene of sorry of the piece, and he goes, "How long?" Yeah. 32 minutes, 40 seconds. Like, oh, I'll have to trim some more and we'll go again. Like, And everybody's like, done this by like, oh, I've done this four times. And then, like, Mel has had enough of Frazier's kind of, his uh, constant direction. He said, I'm not happy with the second McAllister sister. She doesn't sound spinsterish enough. Oh, really? My, my priest sounded more Protestant than Catholic. That my... Gamekeeper sounded too my... cultured. <laughs> Then my dwarfs are too tall. <laughs> and he storms off. Goes. Let me try the German again for you. I've quit. And he's, what I didn't notice before was he storms off. He takes the script with him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and then Daphne, sound of door slamming. <laughs> 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 and he, 
And uh, Riga goes, not to worry, I have a plan. Riga arrives, we're supposed to perform this tomorrow. Riga finds an idiot wearing, willing to take six parts unrehearsed in six different dialects. Niles. <laughs> and, Daphne, <laughs> once again, sound of all ominous organ music indicating trouble ahead. No, I just, I loved, I loved the, the voice actor guy, like, he told me my dwarfs are too tall. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the uh, the radio, the booth, or the recording studio where they're going to be doing the show. Like, oh, there's your brother. Yeah. How's he feeling about playing six different parts? Actually, he doesn't know it yet. We're going to cue him as we go along. You never would have agreed to. He goes, Fraser, you told me you are going to message me the script this morning. Well, I was tinkering with it till the very last minute. <laughs> and then, as you said, Noel, his part in this, where he's showing them all the different sound effects. I've got... I've got a I've got a rain sheet. I've got a shaker for rain. I've got a door knocker for doors, and I have a coffee thermos. What does that do? Keep my coffee warm. <laughs> He's also got the balloons for the gunshots. <laughs> and then uh, Bolo comes in with Max. And he goes, "I need a quiet place to work on my part." Work on her part, Bolo. She's got one line. Yeah, but she's got that. She's got that disease. You know, it uh, uh, starts with D. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, that's dyslexia. dyslexia. You're telling me this now. Don't worry, she'll be great, she'll be fine. Uh, and then it seems like everything's already starting to go wrong because then, then Roz comes <laughs> in. Like, sorry I'm late, Fraser. <laughs> oh, I, had, I had an emergency, I had to go to the dentist chair. Give me Novocaine. It would wear off by now. Oh, good lord. We've got 60 seconds. And... Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't even know who I'm playing. I'll cue you as we go along. So I do a little preparation. And I'll listen. Your natural spontaneity will carry you through. Was it the Yale Daily News said about your... About you? But I had the spontaneity of Dan King the, the presence of Lawrence Olivier. And, and the mentism of Marlon Brando. That was the one, yeah. And also, he says, I don't know, and then he immediately lists it off, like, as if he reads that to himself every night. <laughs> he carries her in yeah. his pocket. There's <laughs> ego. <laughs> I know, like, I had the Mantis and Marlon Brando and the range of Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> and uh, cuts to the apartment where Nails, sorry, where Martin and Daphne are listening to the show. They're a bit stuffed. Yeah. And, and he goes, I already know what happens, but I'll try not to scream out the name of the murder. Right. As a cop, I used to hate when people did that. <laughs> you know, see, because Martin's oh. role is so like small in this show, like this particular episode. Yeah, actually, but he still make the work every time he's on screen. Yeah, I forgot that he actually had a bit in the apartment. I thought he was just in the coffee house scene, and then I forgot that he was actually at this bit here because mm. obviously he's, he plays such a small like role. So, well, like I said, it's such a good part of the episode as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I love I love how like everybody that's involved in this episode, like everybody seems to have a significant part, even even though it may be small, you know. Yeah, I mean there are very few episodes of that in this show that and that give everybody such equal opportunities to kind of steal various scenes. Like there are some yeah. episodes, like the perspectives on Christmas episode, that really gives everybody yeah. an opportunity to shine, and there's episodes like this that. Even like the small characters like Gil, uh, Nolan, Bulldog, 
Like they're maybe supporting characters, but yet they get exchanges as much as like a Fraser or Niles. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Fraser begins with, "In all my years at the yard, and there was well, a- you're you're jumping a little there, Scott." You remember uh, when we're talking about Maxine? Yes. And Bulldog had actually gone up to Fraser and was like, "Not so much worried about her, but I'm worried about myself." And I'm like, "I'm getting getting nervous here, you know." I know, and Fraser's like, you're, well, you're on the radio every day. I'm here all the time. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's on the air, you know, this is, this is different. I know, his big fear is, like, basically he's just being, like, himself and, like, being yeah, and loud, but... He's like, ah, oh, I suppose you have all the normal worries, butterflies in the stomach, uh... Dry throat. You know, dry throat, well, like, well, I do now. Yeah, I think the whole thing is that he's basically being himself, but now he has to, like, act and... The kind of pressure is going to get to yeah. like, I suppose you have all the things, the butterflies and I mean, the dry throat, the sweaty palms. Well, I do now. Well, well, do now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we, anyway, we get to it and he's like, Fraser begins the show. And he goes, No, he is the yard. I've never seen such a grisly business. So, I've caught out. It's a nightmare. In, and he comes in and goes, Miss Thorndyke, the face is unfamiliar. Won't you open the lips? I could hint at some exotic accident. And, <laughs> and Ross does the funniest fucking bit in the episode. She, she's all muffled up because of the fucking Novocaine shit. And she's like, Hey, got to come. <laughs> and like I said, like everything in this episode is set up perfectly. Every, every little like indication is kind of paid off. Like, you mentioned yeah. she has an exotic accent. And then now her <laughs> voice is all funny because she's on the Novocaine. And then what yeah. should be a simple line is fucked up because she can't really move her lips properly because of the no goes, I can't believe yeah. one of my guests would be a murderer. murderer. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. You to say. Which it clearly <laughs> fucking isn't. <laughs> then, That's easy for you to say. Then because obviously she doesn't want her speaking like that for much of the show, like, it was instead of her and her, it just people was like, what? I know your guest by reputation. It must be the inscrupulous Mr. Wing, the Sith Merchant. Did you see anything, Wing? And then Bulldog's just standing there, numb and not able to talk. Ah. So, Noel, and Noel is a saviour in this scene. He's like, Mr. Wing, Mr. Wing. Uh, And then Noel picks up a little bell and he's like, Mr. Wing, who wears a bell on his hat. I like, also, you got to admire Phaedra's kind of improvisation. You're like, ah. Yes, the inscrupulous and mute Mr. Wing. Mr. Wing? Who carries a bell. Did you see anything, Wing? They also they shake the bell. No, huh? Yeah. I remember you said that. <laughs> also, what I love is uh, Gil kind of just moves both look off to the side so he can get in and deliver yeah. his bit. <laughs> like, I'm Nigel Fairservice, Inspector. <laughs> I was in the garden when this dreadful creature occurred. And then this is where Niles discovers all his parts, like, Hans, the German butler, and it cuts to... I was like, did you see anyone? Several people. Hans, the German butler. Yeah, I saw the gentleman. O'Toole, the uh, handyman. And then Niles says, oh, I've got a second part, like... I, I, he made no mistake. Also, Prude McAllister, and then this is where Niles first kind of gives him a face, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, he's like, oh, really, yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, it was him. Yeah. And he goes, also, uh, O'Toole, the dwarf. And like, where were you, O'Toole? And, uh, where were you? 
Oh, sorry, hold on. No, hands in my helium balloon. I was at the movies. Oh, yeah, I for, sorry, I forgot. O'Toole was the handyman, the Pedro the Dwarf. Like, his whereabouts were not yet made clear. And then that's when Niles realised, like, like, Niles even yeah. kneels down, talks the thing about going down over the thing because he doesn't know, like, how many it's sounding like a dwarf. <laughs> and yeah. then obviously he gets given the balloon, like, I was at the movies. <laughs> yeah, Niles a fucking champ in this episode. Mm-hmm. The movies, you say? Well, one phone call can verify that. And then maybe the, the story is maybe that they phone. Lines are cut, and then he goes. The phone lines have gone dead, and then it'll the say, phone, the studio phone rings, and then no, no picks up. Not thinking like the Studio Five. Five. Sorry. <laughs> what's that? The phone lines, and Fraser just pulls the coordinator very frustrated. Like, what's that? The phone lines are fixed again. Let's see. Nope, they're gone dead again. <laughs> and that's maybe kind of the first half of the the show, and. Cuts uh, back to the apartment. I don't remember the plots of these things being so goofy. And then uh, Daphne's going to be like, Mr. Wing wasn't mute last night. <laughs> and then we have uh, Niles is pissed at Fraser, like six different parts and six different dialects with no rehearsal. I've had a mind to walk out that door. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's like, no, no, Niles, you're perfect, but. And then he, what is it, he critiques him on? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what he, Hold on, Matt, I've got right, here. He critiques him on Niles just looks at him staring and he's like, don't direct me. I, did, I think he said hands could be a bit gruffer, he says. He goes, don't direct me. I'm sorry. Right. And then I, he, love, I love the way Niles does that. He's like, don't direct me. And then, Rachel, like, again, another big thing that's friends of his, he's worried about going going too long. He's like, so, Gil, at the bottom of page 48, when you're shot, you say, I'm dying, cut the rest. This, but, but that's my boyhood and sorry speech. You can't cut that. You can't. It's gone. I don't even care Let's anymore. Live with it. No, he's like, Let's live with it. I don't, Still, I don't care anymore. <laughs> and then uh, we go back to it, and then, and then, and then, I heard the sound, and then Noel plays the wrong type of music, the ice cream the truck. The ice cream truck. And then, <laughs> and then it doesn't matter, because out of the darkness, we heard a horrible screech. And this is where Maxine, it was maybe her one simple yeah. line. She goes, ah, look out, he's got a nug. <laughs> and the look <laughs> on Fraser's face. Still it's the, like, a gun, a gun, gun is what he's got. And Loki's face is like, she had one fucking line. And like <laughs> he's looking at the and like a gun, a gun is what a he's gun is what she's got. And then he goes, oh god, goes, and the lights came back up. The maid laid it, unable to identify her killer. Nigel Fairstead was mortally wounded. I'm dying. Dying. He was gone. And then he, and then he goes against Progo. He's like, never again to revisit my boyhood in Surrey. Rumping with my. Spins and spinnies. My service was shot again. How did he graze me? And then he goes to continue and goes, the last one blew his head clean off his shoulders. Clean off his shoulders. And then he gets off the side, walks up to the door knocker thing, and he's like, Hello, I'm, not, I'm the ice cream man. No, no, no. he's like, I'm Nigel's brother. I haven't seen him since our boyhood and so rumping with. 
And so died. And so died the last surviving member of the Fair Service family. And then, whatever. That's when he does Hello, I'm the Ice Cream Man. I went to school with Nigel Fairself. <laughs> and then cuts back to Daphne and they're like, this is turning into a bloodbath. This is why I like her TV. You want to be able to see this kind of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, again, things are clearly falling apart. <laughs> yeah. So it comes Do you know, to... Scott? What? When, when all this crazy shit is over, mm-hmm. when we meet up, we need to fucking watch that episode again with a drink in us. Yes. I mean, we definitely do. I mean, I didn't. I barely took any notes for this because, like, I think I know the episode so well. There's so many quotable lines in this episode. Oh, there still is. <laughs> so it's the least like notes I've had to take for an episode like so far. <laughs> so, <laughs> up to like, there's maybe a bit where nails done with hands. So your let me see your fingernails. Why? They seem a bit ragged for a butler. All right, I'm not what I appear. None of us is. I'm not even a butler. I'm not even... I'm not even... German. German. <laughs> and he goes, are you sure with this hands? Like, uh, he goes, be quiet, mother. Mother. <laughs> and this is maybe a big dramatic like, moment. He's, he's reading the lines as he goes along, in a way. Right. And Fraser is kind of... He's the dreaded, like, come on, like, from deep within, like... And Niles just gets done with, like, his, his yeah, direction. He starts, he starts directing him. Mm-hmm. Very much, he's like he's pulling faces and try to try to show show Niles what emotions to take, and he's like, "That's like, it." Yeah. Oh, what is it? He says like, "Deep in the dark." Reach. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure. Oh, and here's the secret. So it dies with all this. Goodbye, old tool. I guess we'll never hear your fascinating pieces of puzzle. Bye, Peppo. Like and goodbye, Mister Wing. And then Noel... I love it. I love it when he shoots Mr. Wing. Mm-hmm. And then Noel shakes the little bell. And then Nails can acknowledge him, like, thank you. He goes, could the McKelsey sustain back to back? I'm running low on bullets. Well, thank you. And now a final bullet for myself, so the secret dies with me. Ha! What I loved is, uh, also the reason he's running out of bullets is because he had to waste so many on Gil because Gil wouldn't just take a tail and not do his speech. And then he yeah. throws the Ross character, what's your name, dear? Miss Thorndike, thank you. Oh. And Ross just wanders away. Final bullet for myself, so the secret dies with me. Ha! Well, that was the secret. Hans was a mass murderer. So the surprise to everyone. The shock of everyone. It was closed. I vowed well, never to return to a nightmare in. Uh, in. And basically, the opposite. Well, still have. Nine minutes. Oh, you could have some sort of post-show discussion. And everybody looks at him like, I fuck what? And basically just turn their backs to him like, what love is, <laughs> Fraser, his big concern was the uh, going too long, and then he realises they got plenty of time left. Like, you got the person behind the wee screen tail and they can stretch it out, like... Yeah. <laughs> See, like, like I said, everything is set up fairly, like, Unlike the last episode where we had that thing, the plotline with nails in the table, the charity ball, that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. There's nothing wasted in this episode. Like, everything is perfectly set. Not, like... not a thing wasted in this episode. And, you know, I must say, and we'll do this part quick. I mean, I think everyone who listens to us knows that this is a definite double thumbs up episode oh, for both of us. If ever an episode deserved a double thumbs up, it was this one. It was this one. But, you know, I don't think any reviewer 
worth of salt could do this episode justice. It is just, the episode speaks for itself. Yeah. Like, you know, if you if you if you are a, even if you're only a moderate fan of Frasier, you will absolutely fucking love this episode. It will make you fall in love with Frasier. This episode. If you had to explain to somebody why like Frasier is one of or possibly the greatest like TV show ever written, as as Tell episodes like radio. episodes like this are what you need to show them. Like, so if they think like if you're a fan of Frasier and somebody thinks oh you kind of. You're overselling how good Frasier is. Show them episodes like this because it's well written, yeah. it's well acted, like everything. There's no way to most. I said like they constantly bring up the the one line, the look out, he's got a gun, and because Maxine's yeah. dyslexic, she manages to even fuck that up. The only episode in the whole chronology of Frasier that comes close to being as well done as this, I think, is a ski lodge episode. Yeah. You know, but even that is falls very short from this episode. This episode is absolute Fraser Gold. Mm-hmm. It is one hundred percent. I would you know? agree with that. I mean, again, we had the thing, the and, one plot line with Fraser's direction that got yeah. that comes that pays off and it ruins everything for him. He the little the little, little funny side story with Gill and his boyhood and sorry. Like he was so into that scene, and then it gets cut, yeah. and he can't let it go. The thing with the voice actor fucking off and Niles having to do umpteen different parts. And then he has to. It pays off what he said at the very beginning that he. That Fraser couldn't stop directing and then that eventually just caused Niles to sound like, alright, fuck this. It just. We, we're watching lyrical, but it's, it's warranted. It's such a good episode. And as you said, Noel plays his part. I mean, I've even talked about the, the credits scene where Noel is picking yeah. out like, some of the papers <laughs> that have been dropped and then he just picks up the script and he's. Uh, Reading in some of the dialogue, and then Rod walks up behind him with one of the balloons and makes him shit himself. <laughs> he doesn't even just shit himself; he just falls to the floor. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you look at his face; he's like not dramatic. He's reading some of the dialogue. You don't obviously know what scene he's doing because the theme song's playing yeah. over the top of it. But well, just... I mean, if he's being dramatic, he's probably reading a bit of Fraser's dialect or something. Yeah, that, or probably what Niles was meant to be reading at the end, revealing all the the big plot yeah, and everything yeah. like that. And then you can obviously you know what you just going for the content. You don't need the audio to know like that this is a good scene. This because just she comes out the cell yeah. and the pots that he shakes his cell. It's just it's just it it fills you with and I don't mean to sound really really fucking sugary about this, but it fills you with such happiness. This episode, if you're a Fraser fan, these are the episodes that make you know why you love Fraser. You know what I mean? It's it's it. Like many episodes of Frasier have that, based on the early seasons, have that great watchability factor about them. And this is one yeah. of them that you know, you pretty much know every great line that it, that is going to come, but you watch it, you laugh all the same any time you watch it. Exactly, exactly. It's just brilliant. We are, we, are, we are sitting here and we are basically slabbering over this episode, but it is just that good. Uh, I know, I mean, and I like Noel's part in this in that it's good to have an episode where he's not being like he's not he's just doing his job and he's not basically being that creep that's obsessed with Roz in the episode. <laughs> he's just being yeah. like the guy at the side to help helping out where he can. He's just being no although I will say that one or no one I liked was that you know the episode with Julia? Uh oh no. You know you know the Julia episodes when he's when and uh, Bulldog has been kinda of pervy? Mm-hmm. And Noel looks around at him creepy and he's like, I will kill you. <laughs> he's like, what did you say about her? 
<laughs> yeah, I agree with you. This is a different double thumbs up. I mean, I, I said before, like, this goes up there with Mike Off with Nails as one of the top yeah. episodes of all time for the show. But you've got you've got Ham Radio, you've got Mike Off with Nails, you've got Ski Lodge. Uh-huh. We, we are going to have to... We are going to have to do like some sort of a list or their top 10, top 5 or something like that of our favourite episodes well, one I, day. It's going to be I hard being... In the future, we could, we could do a retrospective review of our top 5. Maybe. I mean, also, we, have, we, we yeah. probably have a different like top 5, but I think... Uh, but that's no. what would make the conversation interesting, Scott. But the thing is, thing up is, if we do do episode like that, we know for a fact that this episode is going to be there. Yeah. It's just, there's yeah. no debate about that. It, it would be other, it's just be a case of what about you rank it. Also, that episode uh, when Niles and Fraser buy the restaurant. Oh, yeah, the innkeepers. Yeah, well, that's a good one. You know, big blue flash, cherries everywhere. Well, you think, <laughs> you look at the end of season one, there are four great, like, episodes back to back. you got Travels with Martin, the author, author episode, Fraser's Day Off, and then My Coffee with Niles. Yeah. Uh, I'll. You know something? To put it bluntly, I absolutely fucking love Frasier. <laughs> I know. I mean, we both do, it's otherwise the we wouldn't best be. program that has ever been. We wouldn't be investing such time into this if we weren't such big fans. Mm-hmm. And we know... And you know, to, to bring up a point, I was reading something on Facebook the other day. Uh-huh. On the Frasier fan group. What was that? Some arse-headed nobody had said, Frasier was the worst sitcom ever. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. And I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, maybe you read something like that and you're like, who the fuck are you to say that? Cunt. I know. You know? Like some modernistic little fuck nugget who knows nothing about fucking comedy. I know. But, well... I think, like I said, we wouldn't be talking Fraser in such high regard. We wouldn't be doing these episode reviews if we weren't such big fans. And we know that we've gone over an hour and we know that people listening to this world like, wouldn't be listening as far as they have if they also weren't as big of fans as we are. And so Hell I hope yeah. they've enjoyed it. I hope. I want to know if you can guys let us know on Twitter at SPRLMing or on Facebook.com forward slash Ramblin' Podcast. Where would you rank ham radio and the all-time greats of Frasier. I think it's well agreed he's one of the best of all time when it comes to Frasier. Oh, yes. Where would you rank it? Would you say it's number one? Is it in your top five, your top three? Where would you rank it? Oh, I would say it's definitely definitely in my top three. Because I don't think I've heard of anyone... It's one of the episodes I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything negatively about, so it would be interesting if... Oh, but you, you, just, you can't say anything negative about this episode. If you say anything negative about it when... You're just wrong or stupid. I mean, I would like to hear if there's anybody who who's a free fan but doesn't like this episode. I would like to actually hear their views on it because I think it'd just be yeah. like interesting to hear their you opinion know, if on we're, it. If we're a Fraser fan <laughs> and they have a negative viewpoint or a like this isn't one of their favourites, I would fully respect their opinion if <laughs> we were a Fraser fan. Yeah. You know, because I, I would love I would love the dialogue. You know, like like well, where is it you feel this episode is? less than others or something like that you know what I mean yeah my main issue is like see when someone who is not a fan of the program just immediately says oh no this is shit or that shit and like you know nothing about the program fuck you well like I said like if you're going to be said about showing somebody how great Frasier is by showing this episode this is like if you don't like Frasier after watching this episode basically it's a case of 
you're never going to get into the show period that's it it's yeah, not something like, for you if you don't like after last episode then there's no fucking hope for you pretty right. much you are you are beyond help <clears throat> well I think like I said we've been waxing lyrically for quite a while now so I think that's the time for us to wrap up there and as I, I think so. As I said, uh, Twitter at sbramblingfacebook.com facebook.com forward slash ramblin podcast is where you can find all our the Android podcasts and sites that we're available on and all the links there we we'll tweet out we live tweet peer reviews sometimes so you can go back to our back catalogue and all the other Frasier reviews we've talked about and you can keep up with the future Frasier reviews or you can keep up with our wrestling yeah. content and our we, con- we, we do hope that we can keep keep our listeners upbeat and happy during this trying time that we're all in. Yeah, and I'm glad that in like this current like period of uncertainty we're in, that this is the episode we got to talk about for them. Oh yes, because you know, honestly, I'm I'm feeling pretty jazzed, you know? <laughs> good. I'm feeling pretty jazzed, because I'm, I'm getting to talk to my good friend and colleague. Mm-hmm. We're getting to review a fantastic fucking episode. Mm-hmm. I'm on my third Jack and Coke at the moment. <laughs> You know, it's a good day. It's a good day. And we hope it's a good day for you listening and hope you'll tune in. I believe the next thing you'll hear will probably be sometime after WrestleMania. We talk about all the fall there. Hopefully we'll be a bit optimistic because they'll pull out something good and the fact that hopefully we'll have defeated Rogue Opinions this time. Yeah, we are we are wearing our country's colours firmly on our chest at the moment. We're we're pulling for fucking Drew. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, until we'll see you guys next week. Until then, we hope you keep well and unless you're absolutely necessary, please stay inside. Yeah, stay safe, stay well and stay listening. We love to have you. Good day and good mental and physical health. (laughs) Yep, goodbye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building.